0: And you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive, like it always has been, and it always will be.
1: Welcome to episode 60, and I'm here with uh, Susan, Dave, uh, from the Baby Animals. And um, Susan, can you explain where we are and what you were drinking?
2: Oh, I'm having a green, uh, sludgy drink, with uh, all sorts of green stuff in it, and and but the grapefruit edition hasn't been hasn't been great. It wasn't a good idea, but uh, yes, and we're at top end, uh, top end rehearsal rooms where we rehearse.
1: And um, what 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 are you rehearsing for? You got some gigs coming up, obviously. Got a,
2: we've got a show in in uh, Darwin on the weekend. I've oh, cool. been to Darwin for a very long time, so that'll be fun.
1: Awesome, and um, you've re-released, Dave. You've re-released. This is not the end, and with some extra goodies. What's what's that all about?
2: Well, it was a year since we released the album,
0: um, so we decided to sort of do a repackage. We recorded a show that we uh, played at the Metro a little late uh, late last year, so we remixed that, uh, the live of that. Plus, we put another track on, um, an additional song Mm. uh, that was kind of a demo, um, but we thought it needed an airing. So yeah, it's like a yeah, pa- bonus package, a reboot.
1: And is this the same um, show that you crowdfunded for a video, or is it, it's a different show? Same
2: show, same, same show. show
1: okay. yeah. yeah. And how, I mean, is that your first experience? So
2: different band. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you different want to explain that? Well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> different people. I think I was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and and what your first experience with crowdfunding? I mean, how was that? Who put you onto it, and well, and how did it work?
2: It wasn't. It wasn't so much like a Kickstarter thing or anything like that. It was basically it was just pre-sold. Mm. You know the uh, the package, mm. um, and uh, so it was. It's you know we have a really good loyal fan base. So whenever we have something come out, we we do this a lot. Mm. I mean we did it with the album too, mm. the first time around. So it's basically just giving it ch- people that follow the band a chance to pre-order
3: mm.
2: uh, anything that we do, and mm. they get in first, mm. and then we, uh, you know. We we fund it that way, so we don't have to sort of rely on on major label input.
1: And and um, how have you found the experience? As far as obviously you've been um, engaging people with social media, which is a new thing, is it been an entirely positive experience? Are there any are there any drawbacks to to marketing yourself that way and being independent? I'll start with you, Dave. Well,
0: um, I think it's. Generally, a positive experience. I mean, mm. you are leaving yourself; you're vulnerable to uh-huh. everyone's got an opinion and mm. everything like that. But generally, it's been really good. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's worked for us. Worked the charm, actually. Mm.
1: Yeah. And, and where do you draw the line about listening to what people say to you and what they like and what they don't like, and your own artistic interpretation of your own work? Where do you? How do you draw the line there?
2: I don't think there's any. There's no. Uh, we don't rely on anyone else outside the band for any um, artistic input. Mm. It's just if you'd open that door, you'd be screwed. Oh. You know, it's got to come from you know the the, the ideas of the band. Mm. Um, occasionally, people have something to say about you know the packages or mm. what's involved or what they get. You know, the sizes <laughs> of things or whatever. But nothing. Yeah, you know, I mean, people have their their opinions about the content, mm. but it doesn't sway us. It mm. doesn't mean we we would we would um, change any of the way that we we uh, approach writing or anything like that. Um, I don't know, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing. People do, we do speak to our fans after the shows a lot. And mm. we do, uh, we have in the last year or so done a lot of soundcheck parties, you know. So mm. we do get to, we spend a lot of time with people that mm. come to the shows. And we do, you know, they they have they speak up about stuff, don't they? they? They ask for certain songs in the shows. It's just general fan stuff, but... And then we occasionally will maybe put different songs in the set, but it would never be... It um, doesn't infiltrate further than that. Yeah.
1: I promised I'd keep this to five minutes because we've got a print interview to do. Um, so just one song, and I suppose it'll, you'd want to play something off This Is Not The End and maybe a little story behind it, and then we'll get on with the rest of the interview.
2: I would play uh, a song called Under Your Skin, which is just a, a really great track to play live. Um, I know it's just a real. It's good. It's a good sort of uh, overall. You get a good vibe. Of what the whole album's like from that song. line
1: fever. Hello and welcome to beautiful Byron Bay in New South Wales, Australia where we are finally having uh, another episode of White Line Fever. I don't even want to discuss uh, how long it's been since the last one. But suffice to say, I must have some time on my hands finally. Um, now, if you were listening on the uh, download through iTunes, this is not the start of the program. This is just the second section you would have already heard from Susie and Dave uh, from the Baby Animals. I want to thank the two of them uh, for speaking to us. Um, that was part of a story I'm working on for uh, Classic Rock Presents AOR, which I have to uh, get off my ass and uh, do a bit more work on uh, here tonight, but the first section of the program in this uh, format uh, that seem to have settled on is always about rugby league. And geez, there's a lot happening. Uh, the state of origin series uh, completed with uh, Queensland 32, uh, New South Wales eight. Uh, Uh, A lot of you won't be listening live, and a lot of you won't be listening to this until uh, quite some time after the State of Origin series concluded, Uh, but suffice to say it was uh, quite momentous if you're from New South Wales, quite disappointing if you're from uh, Queensland. uh, Lots of people adding up the aggregate score and saying that uh, Queensland actually won the series on an aggregate score. That's not, uh, in fact, the way it works. Um, Now there's uh, some news out of the game, and again, I don't... I'm reluctant to focus on events that are really immediate because we want some timelessness in this program, but we must record the fact that Josh Reynolds, a three-week suspension for a shoulder charge. And actually, uh, I was watching Boots and All on Sky Sports earlier today, and uh, they had a very similar shoulder charge, which had attracted a very uh, similar suspension. Uh, so at least we've got some parity, which we don't get very often between the hemispheres. But I tend to agree uh, with Josh Reynolds um, that it is a little bit harsh. I mean, we went shoulder charges went from being legal to illegal, and I would imagine illegal means a penalty uh, to now having um, uh, these a uh, long suspension attached to it without stopping in the middle. Uh, I would have thought uh, um, we would have had a year or two of them being penalised, and if they kept up, then would be introducing uh, big uh, bans for them. But I understand they're very dangerous. And I understand that we probably would have arrived at this point anyway, so uh, we've gone straight there. Uh, Greg Bird, Nate Miles. uh, Greg Bird lifting, Nate Miles dangerous contact, each facing one match suspensions. Uh, Greg Bird saying, oh, there should be different rules in origin. I think that uh, horse um, has well and truly bolted. Uh, Also, uh, sad news, Liam Fulton with concussion has been forced into retirement. Um, You've got to ask yourself, with regard to Liam Fulton, if we didn't have these new... Um, uh, regulations regarding concussion, if he hadn't been forced to go off the field, get tested, go back on uh, and and be assessed each time, uh, then would he have arrived at this decision? Would he have played on a couple more times? Would he have played on, indeed, for the rest of the season and into next season and, again, uh, risk pretty uh, serious long-term health um, um, uh, damage? So uh, these new rules have probably... uh, even though it's very sad and Liam Fulton's a great fellow and been a great uh, footballer for West Tigers and and Huddersfield uh, perhaps uh, he has been saved uh, uh, to an extent uh, by the crackdown on concussion in rugby league Wayne Bennett uh, has We've picked a good day to do the podcast, haven't we? Uh, Wayne Bennett has uh, announced he will be leaving uh, Newcastle Knights at the end of the year, destination unknown, Brisbane or St George Illawarra. Worth recording, I think, and it, it sort of went through to the keeper. A couple of weeks ago, the St George Illawarra caretaker coach, Paul McGregor, uh, said that he didn't want to coach any other club. He's got a thriving chemical business in Wollongong does not want to leave town he said he'd be happy to work under um, the likes of Wayne Bennett uh, he didn't name these other fellas but Craig Bellamy there would be another one maybe Des Hasler is another um, but um, otherwise if they brought in someone who he perceives to be on a similar level to him I get the impression that he'd be happy to just go back to working at the chemical business so uh, you know, so you know, Paul McGregor won't be lost to the Dragons if Wayne Bennett goes there uh, the Broncos um, seem to be going okay, better than it, things looked earlier in the year. Uh, so it will be a tough call for Anthony Griffin uh, to get the hook, no pun intended, uh, if uh, Wayne goes back there. Darius Boyd. Now, it's an interesting one. Darius Boyd has uh, been uh, featured in a television interview. He's approached by a Channel 7 reporter outside the Maroons Hotel today and asked about... Wayne Bennett's decision decision to quit the club. Darius doesn't say very much. He said it's interrogation, is it? I just want to uh, uh, enjoy uh, the win last night uh, and and this sort of stuff. Now, I must say that to me, I'm stunned that um, Darius said anything. Uh, He doesn't normally, he just brushes past uh, reporters. I, I really don't know what his issue is. I got to say, after they won the grand final in 2010, and Georgia Lawari gave me a great story about following uh, Wayne Bennett. Uh, it was on the front of Rugby League Week, and I know I've spoken to other reporters last night who said that in the past, if uh, he's been very helpful, uh, and they've got good yarns off him, so. I'm not really sure what the tipping point was for Darius, whether it was that press conference in Wollongong where he said very little um, and it was replayed and replayed and replayed. Um, now, this is not a situation where it's a, it's an organised media opportunity. He was uh, taking his bag to the car. He was approached by the reporter, um, I believe was on public property. Uh, so, you know, the reporter hasn't done anything wrong. But this is a little bit different than Darius saying, um, nothing and an organised media opportunity, which is part of his club duties. I'm not making any excuses for him at all, but I just think when we look at it, um, you know, we've got to look at the the context. Um, and uh, as I said, it's an improvement on the past that he said anything uh, at all. Um, now uh, the Discord columns coming up uh, later today on the uh, City Morning Herald site, LeagueHQ.com.au, where I speak about Marwan Kukash's repeated attempts to have a Marquee player allowance in Super League and Jared Haynes saying that the players image rights should be freed up completely. That was in the Sydney Morning Herald great story on Friday um, so that they can make more money out of their image and he says the behaviour would improve. So what I've done is basically put these two things together and had a a little bit of a chat about it. Um, there's so much to go through, and I've got I've got to play at least three songs uh, during during uh, the program. Uh, there's stuff about media access last night. Uh, Channel Nine uh, shutting out the other um, networks. Um, now, in the past, the has owned the venue, um, so they basically they could kick us out of the press conference if the, if they wanted to. Uh, that, that that was the extent of their rights under their television uh, deal. Uh, sorry, television rights deal, uh, and they certainly could uh, ban other network film crews from going into sheds and from filming uh, on the ground. Uh, now, some people believe this is a response to the little tete-a-tete between Channel 9 and the NRL last week over the final five rounds, and that this is some sort of get square. I don't know, OK? I don't know. I did an item on it, sin bin in, in the Herald uh, um, uh, on the night of State of Origin 3, and and I tried to just, uh, you know, do a straight line with the Channel 9 says you can't do this. Uh, this is what's happened before. Uh, I'm not close enough to it to say what the rights or wrongs are. I mean, it's easy to say it's bad for rugby league, that the origin isn't on the other networks, uh, and and that's probably the case. But if it's enshrined in Channel 9's contract that they can do this, then, you know, I don't know. Whose fault is it? It shouldn't be in the contract. I've heard that um, there is no time limit in the contract that says, okay, when does the venue stop being... Um, um, the Telecaster's uh, um, soul domain. Is it, is it at midnight? Is it et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know, don't know. Um, a lot of people... We're going to the rugby league section is going to be longer, and the rock section is going to be shorter. Um, a lot of people wanted to know about reports last week that rugby league in Russia had been banned. The Rugby League European Federation says it hasn't. They said it was a letter to all unregistered sports, warning them against uh, their legal problems. Um, that the players aren't insured. So um, I was going to respond last week's Discord. It was all about the uh, game's image. Uh, there's no t- there's no time, or maybe I'll do it a little bit later in the program. Might be some news on the betting sanctions too during the program. So, but I mean, my point in the in the column, which some people seem to miss, is that I just think rugby league is positioned poorly in the market here in Australia, um, and I think there's no reason why, though that class distinction, distinction which has been hanging around forever, why it has to survive to the next generation or the generation after that. And I just think poor player behaviour. Um, plays into these prejudices that people have—they would have anyway—but they use poor, poor player behaviour uh, as as an excuse or as evidence uh, for, for 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 their bias against the game. So it's one of several circuit breakers that the game can use to to um, sort of shed the shackles. Uh, of the past and to to, uh, broaden its appeal in the the Australian market, which is very different to England. A lot of the things that Martin Sadler said in his column, they're things that apply to England, Um, uh, his comments apply to England, and they don't apply, my column is about Australia uh, uh, primarily. Okay, last night, um, before the press conferences uh, began, Ben Teo, who's been linked to a move to European Rugby Union... Decided to have his own press conference He walked in on his own, sat down in his jersey Still in his full playing strip And then started um, taking questions It was quite bizarre uh, Here's what he had to say Come on, break the
2: exclusive, where are you going
0: next year? Take my talents to the Northern Hemisphere GWS You're
2: going GWS next year?
0: Yes Any questions about the game? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, mate um, Look, the boys played well You've got a bit of luck, you know No injuries um, you know Coop's come back controlled the game you know it's great how did you play ben? yeah solid you know solid off the That's bench it's pretty filthy like that, that uh, Mal put Dave on the last last five minutes you know?
1: <laughs> you
0: know considering it could be my last game surely I deserve the last five is that the end Ben what did the last game? no I hope not I love this I love Origin what's going on Ben? no not much anyone else coming in? Sure. No, they're coming. Me and Mal are going to do this. <laughs> just going kind to of tell that Smith bloke to just yeah. stay out of it. Jam can just stay in there and have Should we ask Mal anything? Ask Mal. should we ask Mal? How's Mal's Don't How'd mention you? down underbar. <laughs> 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 you, report. you yeah, report, Yeah, there's nothing in it. Well, you reckon I'll get a week?
1: So um, I I was going to uh, introduce the music before I went to that little grab but I forgot um, The Angels I, I, since uh, the passing of the great Doc Neeson I really wanted to make sure the next program was all angels and it was all angels deep cuts this is a song from No Exit called Dawn is Breaking and um, The Angels currently with Dave Gleason singing they're playing this uh, pretty much after they pay tri- tribute to Doc it's the most theatrical Doc Neeson uh, song and uh, to me it's it's quite evocative of his of his stage persona and, and the man himself um, R.I.P. Uh, Doc Neeson
4: Remember looking at the haunted race Bowed down to the storm Remember searching for a familiar face With no one there to mourn Staring at silent screams, Plastic tubes to carry fading dreams Preacher servant in the To tears that never fell. Someone's dragging a ball and chain, looking for you in the pouring rain. While those who care give silent prayer for lovers going home. If there was a brickwork surrounding the New York green, if there were secrets locked in steel. If there was a button you could press on the luck machine, if there was a place for wounds to heal. The barbed wire of your mother's womb. If you were hungry before you died, if you said you left your bath all clean and white, you know I know you lied. Remember the poet who said it first. He was speaking of you and your difficult birth. All you can say a prayer for lovers going home. From an empty cup Wait for a rock to grow Whispered sounds that can't be heard And no one knows Children who don't mind the rain Yet have no wish to die Whatever you are, world could have been
1: Hi, this is Nick Barker, and you're on White Line Fever. That's amazing. The thing about that song is that um, it was never one of my favourite Angels songs before, but um, now it gives me goosebumps um, since uh, Doc's uh, passing. Okay, um, there's been some massive news in rugby league while that song was playing, actually. uh, David Williams, the winger for Manly, has been suspended for the rest of the year um, uh, for betting. Now... I know that there will be people, particularly among rugby league fans, who will decry this decision. Um, they'll say that it's uh, heavy-handed. Uh, they'll point to uh, betting advertising uh, around rugby league and on the radio and, and on television. Uh, and they'll even accuse the NRL of, of hypocrisy. But the only mm. thing professional sport has going for it is uncertainty. Mm. If you... In any way impinge on the integrity of professional sport, then there's no point having any, because that's the only reason people watch it. That's the difference between sport and the movies. It's the it is it's the blood to the heart of the business as well uh, in uh, professional sport, and if uh, if people lose faith in that, then everything collapses. Now the one thing people forget. Is that, uh, you know, they say, oh, he's having multis and he's not even betting on his own team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, a, it's, it's like in business with insider trading. A footballer, conceivably, would know more about what is happening uh, in the competition and at other teams than the average bloke in the street. And that gives him an unfair advantage over the bookie. And again, it's that anti-authoritarian attitude we have in Australia. Well, we've got no sympathy for bookies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Something is either honest or it's dishonest. There's no, nothing in between. And as I said, um, we, we have to preserve the integrity of the game. And even if it's just knowing some bloke is out five minutes before, um, some, of the, I find out, then that is an unfair advantage. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm 100% behind the NRL in cracking down on betting in all its forms. I'm anti-gambling. Uh, for anyone who knows me, I'm anti-gambling anyway. So, uh, you know, anyone who's, who is a, a player or an official uh, at an NRL club and is betting on rugby league uh, will get absolutely uh, no sympathy uh, from me. Okay, this is supposed to be the... Uh, Uh, the music section uh, of the program and I've just talked about betting and rugby league but uh, there is uh, some news today, it's it's actually as I said timely that we're doing a podcast today, Uh, some news that um, uh, Malcolm Young unfortunately is in hospital at the moment, ACDC have finished recording their new record uh, and uh, the uh, title was uh, perhaps going to be Man Down Uh, but I don't know if that's actually uh, uh, going uh, to happen now. Uh, but that was uh, one uh, title. And uh, I also heard on Eddie Trunk the other day that, that we had a government official from uh, um, Massachusetts who said that August 16, Gillette Stadium was booked uh, for ACDC to play. And, of course, uh, this illness with Malcolm Young is very weak. Some suggestions he may have had a stroke or had some other sort of uh, illness. Um, he, uh, he, he's he been unable to record in Canada with the, with, uh, um, the band, His uh, nephew, Stevie Young, uh, has been uh, taking his place and touring will happen in um, 2015, uh, the 40th anniversary. I don't know if it'll still be going. What date, the 40th What date did they start? And uh, can they still fit in 40 gigs in their 40th anniversary? I have no idea. Um, Just a couple of recommendations musically. Now, this whole program is angels, so you won't hear any new music from anyone else in this program. But the new Tesla album, Simplicity, is absolutely brilliant. Um, You must hear it. Absolutely brilliant. Not one uh, piece of filler on that program. Kicks are bringing out their first uh, record in 20 years soon, and, and the new single is called Love Me With Your Top Down. Now, I've got to say, these lyric videos—I know they're very, very common now in music. Uh, they're cheaper to put together than a film clip. Uh, film clip, but a lyric video for a hair metal band doing a song called "Love Me When You're Top Down." It's actually spoilt the song for me to read these lyrics. I'd rather actually not listen to the lyrics and just listen to the song. I now have to try to actually erase the uh, the the uh, uh, sort of—I'm not going to say puerile, but the kind of. uh uh, pure old, uh <laughs> lyrics. In order to avoid the song, I'm going to erase them from my mind. Um, a lot of touring happening in America at the moment. Kiss and Def Leppard are uh, playing together across the country. Motley Crue kicked off their farewell tour in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it was an absolute disaster. Apparently, they had to stop the show repeatedly. Uh, I believe uh, Tommy's got the new roller coaster drum that goes out over the audience, but it doesn't uh, fit in a lot of uh, a lot of venues. And uh, There's new films out. Quiet Right uh, have a film out. I think it's called uh Now You're Here, you Can't Go Back. And Alice Cooper's got one which I think you can already buy on Blu-ray. Uh it's called uh Super Duper Alice Cooper. Uh so I want to catch uh both of those. Uh and uh the Angels, as I said before, are touring at the moment, fortieth anniversary, uh Dave Gleeson singing. Uh and uh, uh there's an interesting thing. I'm gonna mention this. I, I I heard them say it, I heard Gleason say it twice in Tasmania. I said not a word, uh but I will say now, because he appeared on uh, the full Brazilian and SBS show, and, and he said uh, in the song Talk the Talk, which is kind of a nasty song, it's really having a go at someone, uh, he replaced the secret, uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Secret Kickback's coming his way. He changes to Bidstrip, and Bidstrip is the name of former drummer, uh, Graham Buzz Bitstrip. He has identified him repeatedly as uh, the man the song's about. I'm not going to play this. We've already played it on this program, actually, so just go back, find it on iTunes, have a listen to it. Now you now you know who it's about. But this is an all-angels, deep-cuts uh, 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 episode of White Line Fever, and we're running out of time. Um, so let's let, let's have a listen to um, one of my favourite songs, and it's it's criminally underrated by the Angels. It's off the Howling album, and it is called Hide Your Face.
3: The man you all expected was never to
4: be. Become a junkie, come a walking souvenir, come a wear the routine.
3: You wanted something so bad out in the rain. I need action, I need time to G'day,
1: I'm Dave Gleeson. And I'm Tom Brewster. And we're from the Angels. And we're on White Lion Fever. Please come and uh, join us at whitelinefever.ning.com. You can join up, you get invites to things, all sorts of stuff. Uh, on um, uh, the uh, um, Twitter, we're at Podcast, uh, And don't forget also stevemascord.com. Uh, And hotmetalonline.com. This is, uh, The Angels. A great lost track. Doesn't appear on any record. Isn't available on iTunes. I absolutely love it. And, uh, actually the interview to promote this, uh, song. Was was the, uh, the, the occasion when I gave Doc uh, a ride in my beat-up old Ford Laser. Uh, I'll never forget that. Um, uh, thanks for joining us. Had a lot of fun. Here it is, Finger on the Trigger.
4: You don't have to watch my lips. You don't need to be between the lines. I don't need-
0: Joe and you're
1: listening to White Line Fever. Oh yeah. Okay, we're back uh, with Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe. Now, I was um, I, I was reading that you know when the band broke up, uh, of all the places you could have gone, y- um, you went to Istanbul and, and then on to Goa. I'm really curious you know, as to I went, why. I went to,
0: I went to India, and uh, Istanbul is like is, is Turkey, yeah. and then Goa is India, so I
1: went to India. Oh, you went to India first. No, you didn't go to Istanbul. That's wrong, is it? I read that in a story. That's wrong.
0: Yeah, that's incorrect.
1: All right, okay. I know where Istanbul is, and I know where Goa is. So why Goa? Why'd you go to Goa?
0: <laughs> well, uh, we were on a snowboard tour to the Alps, and this dude named Ian, who was our bus driver, and uh, I was sitting you know, on a, like a kind of splitter van snowboard tour, and I was hanging out with my friend, and we were trying to figure out where to go. And this was right before I kid be Joe was going to break up. I had no idea it was going to break up, but... As we're trying to figure out where to go for Christmas, New Year's, or whatever, my bus driver said, uh, he said, Hey man, let's go to India. And I'm like, why would I ever go there, dude? Why? Hmm. <laughs> he's all, you could spend, he's all, you could spend rupees. And I was like, what's rupees? What is a rupee? And he's all, it's the currency. <laughs> and I was like, I'm all, we're going, we're going to spend rupees. And that's why, it's just to spend, just it's kind of cool. And we went there and, uh, had an incredible adventure, Enfield, motor, Enfield motorcycles and, you know, we rented a Portuguese mansion and really had a fantastic, decadent, hedonistic adventure. It was killer. But we went to spend rupees, bottom line.
1: Did you... Uh, how long did you stay?
0: I think we got there right before New Year's, uh, 96, and left India probably for Australia, funny enough, uh, February uh, uh, 97.
1: So you were here so. as a, a, a non, in a non-work capacity. Well, what did you do when you were here... Um, was, we, we, we were pushing Motel California, so I came, and uh, I, think, I think Sony or whatever yeah. was pushing uh, Motel California,
0: and I went and landed, and I said, I could be friend and we <laughs> went and flew around and said, hey, Motel California, and then uh, the band broke
1: Right. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask you this. Is it always a good idea to, to reform? Like, if, you, if you're in a band, say, in the same period that you were, and now you're, sitting, you're meeting up with your ex-bandmates, and you're thinking about getting back together, is it pretty much Always a good idea, or are there circumstances under which you just shouldn't do it?
0: Well, success is the best deodorant, right? So Mm. when we got together, it could have sucked. Up. The music could have sucked. No one could have cared. I mean, uh, and we're surprised that anybody cared, really. Mm. Uh, so you know, when we made music and it sounded as badass as it does, and then when we got these badass shows and got, we've been touring and people have been going to these shows, and and there's a success there. Uh, and on top of that, is of course a storyline of it was a good, a good, <laughs> a mm. good idea to get back together. Mm. You know, and you only know that after you try. So I think you, you kind of got to do it, and then you'll know the answer. Really,
1: what is what is people wonder? What is a success? Um, you know, for rock music in in 2014, to what it isn't, I, I'd imagine the same way you would measure success in 1989. What what is is it just artistic fulfillment? Is it enough enough money to keep you on the road? what, what, what is success today?
0: Well, you're gonna get a different answer from anybody who asked that question. But if you're asking me, success is getting to do it. You know, and uh, you know, making a buck, fair enough. Mm. Um, and and playing kick-ass shows. And you know, for me personally, you know, I I, I love performing. I'm born to do it. You know, and then uh, I feel the best when I'm doing that, when I, you know, show day, you know, you can give me 200 seats in a club, or you can give me 100,000 people in a, in a soccer stadium, and I'm going to shine, and I'm going to mm. love it. So, for me, success is getting to do it, and then, you know, making some good choices. Like, if you live through the gamut of of your, of whatever, in this case, a rock and roll tenure, and you're allowed to, as far as what a success is, is, is apply some wisdoms and not repeat some actions that you might have done when you are a kid and do better business, and, mm. you know, and be stoked on what you get to do.
1: So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, everyone's going everyone, to give you different answer.
1: <laughs> okay, and uh, the other thing I was going to ask you was, and I wasn't aware of this till I did a little bit of research, but the name of the band was a reaction to uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. Uh, did, I mean, did, were they were they aware of that, the band, Pretty Boy Floyd, were they aware of that from the beginning, that your name was a sort of a, a reaction against theirs, a parody of theirs, and have you played with them? Have you ever played with them?
0: We never played so, but we did get the name. Uh, I'm sure they've got it. Um, and, uh, no, who knows? I have no idea. I don't
1: know them. All right, you don't know them. Okay. Okay. Uh, time for another song, Whip.
0: With- uh, I guess we should play some of uh, the new EP, Multiple uh, California. This song is called Devil's Paradise.
1: Before, uh, and I, I was going to ask you a question about that, so I'll ask you now. The video, I noticed you've sort of uh, pixelated out a sign in the video. Where Can you tell uh, the listeners where it was shot?
0: Well, part of it was shot in, uh, in Homewood, California, uh, with the, the, the actual footage where you can see the band members, but the rest of it's in uh, San Jose, Costa Rica, and all the, uh, I mean, just so you know, all the prostitutes in the video are males, but so they're, they're, <laughs> they look like they're females. So. Okay. Keep, keep, a, keep a keen eye out for that. <laughs>
3: Fever. going to land down under going to turn around the corner way down yonder And <laughs> I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever you get a chance, come and check us out live we're going to
0: rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck that's what I say, okay, <laughs> come on down and rock on